Lord, we are so thankful for your goodness. Father, we just thank you for your blessing upon your children. Lord, we just continue to speak your blessing over our families and we just give you the glory. The life that is set upon you is blessable. Lord, bears the resemblance of Christ all over it. It also bears the blessings of Christ all over it. We just thank you for that. We just give you the glory for it. I pray that you would just bless Cord as he brings the word this morning, and that you would just continue to just, that this word would just reverberate throughout all eternity, have its effect in us and our families. We'll just give you the glory for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this is Cord Bailey, and Cord is going to be bringing our word this morning. And uh, uh, we, we knew I was going to be tired after Christmas and all week and uh, two services this morning. And so we're excited. I'm excited to, to give another man an opportunity to preach for me. I'll tell you what. And this young man, is uh, God's using him, and we're excited to have him uh, bring the word today in our third family service. And so thank you, Corp. Bring yes, it, brother. Love Come you. on. Yeah. Man, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. You know that song we were saying, amen, you know, at the end of it, it would say, amen, amen, amen. You know, in the Greek, it's, it's uh, so be it. Man, just declare that over your family. So be it. Man, that just feels so good that, that, that I have the power of the Holy Spirit and we can speak words of life into our family. Amen. Okay, so one thing you're going to get to know about me is I have a wiggle. I do kind of like that. I'll call it a Holy Spirit wiggle, so just just disregard it. And uh, since Eric preached a little bit later, I feel like I can preach a little later. Is it? Plus, I have a COVID swab I have to do at 2 o'clock because of work, so um, I'm not looking forward to that. So if we can prolong that, I'm all about it. Um, so, yes, uh, my name's Cord. Uh, my wife is in the back with our two kids, Taylor. Uh, we live over in the Malakoff area. I'm a... I'm a nurse, uh, and she's a speech therapist. Um, man, and we're just growing in the Lord. We were at a, uh, another church, very thankful for that church, for our family at that church, but we, we really felt the Lord move us, you know, and we resisted that for a long time, but I'm going to tell you what, since we've been here, since we committed, since we took that step, God has, like, just done a wonderful thing. Man, isn't that the case? When we step out, God does a thing. Man, he is so faithful. Um, just to talk a minute about Taylor, man, she's so blessed. Like she has giftings and, and that haven't, she hasn't tapped into yet. But since we've been here, like on Wednesday nights, I don't know if any of y'all come on Wednesday nights, but um, there was one week that Eric was preaching and she was in the back. I was sitting beside her and she was like, oh, oh, like raising her hands like, and start sharing this word and sharing these things. And I've seen her at home. Sometimes she deals with stress and some anxiety and, and those all things have, have like diminished, but it's because she is, we, and especially me is supposed to be the man of the house, right? We, and we commit to this church and God has just been doing a miraculous work. Um, it's almost like, especially with Taylor, like when she was pregnant, you know, women have many qualities, so don't let me diminish any of them. But, but only women can have babies, right? Men can't have, so far, anyways. But only women can have babies. And, and when that woman has a baby, man, she, or even before she's pregnant, she has a glow. 
I remember seeing Taylor pregnant with our kids and just thinking, man, she is so gorgeous. But it's because God has created her, her to do this one thing. And it's when we're doing that one thing that God's created us to do that we glow. Amen. Amen? And that's what's been happening. That's because she's been growing in the Lord since we've been here. And I just see her growing. And there's nothing more beautiful than seeing your spouse grow into what God has for them. It's so good. Man, the person that I love the most, man, that I'm going to see one day, like I want to know that she knows Jesus and not just that she knows Jesus, but, but that our kids know Jesus and that it just continues. So this is the most important relationship I could have aside from the Lord. And for me, I, I mean, I've just been growing so much too. It's just... It's amazing, you know, um, so I'm a nurse, uh, work these long shifts, and at the end of my shift, normally I'll call somebody on the way home because I'm still all about Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus. So I'll, I'll try to call somebody, uh, Sam or somebody else like that, and just talk about the Lord. But you know what God's been doing? He's saying, hey, why don't you quit talking so much about me and start talking with me? And it's not that that's not okay. Those are good things, but there are deeper things, amen? And that's what he's been pulling me to, those deeper things of the Lord. And so we really feel like here that we're like in the Acts 2 church. That you know where it talked about when the spirit fell, but why did it fall? One, because God had ordained it, but before that, because they were of one accord and one mind. And now that's what we feel like. We're like, these people feel like we do. Man, they love people like, like we feel like we're supposed to love people. We're, we're of one heart, one heart. It doesn't mean we agree on everything. That's okay, but we can center around the gospel and we can move out from there and we can still love each other. Ooh. We're diverse. And that's what I love what he was preaching about is diversity. It's something I'd never really heard, but I was just like, man, this just touches my heart. Oh, mm, it's good. Oh, so let's get into this a little bit. Uh, so, so, so many times we, we go to church and leave with no agenda, but for our own upon the, the upcoming week. We're not really concerned about what work the Lord has in store for us, but only our own plans. Man, do you already have plans for after church? Do you already have plans for Monday, Tuesday? And I'm not saying those aren't good, but are you really focused and honed in on, okay, Lord, today, what do you want to do? God, just use me today. I'm willing. I'm open. I'm available. This isn't my time. This is your time. It's, it's like we go to church just to make a showing, or maybe we, re, we really do go to worship the Lord. Our hearts are really right, but when we leave, we're so overwhelmed. We're back to the same person who's focused our, on our own plans. One day, we're going to stand before God and have to give an account for the things we did, but also for the things we didn't do. Because we're so focused on like, well, I have to do this, this, and this, and this. But what about the things we didn't do? What about the opportunities we passed up, the people that God put in our path? And it said, I'm too busy for that, God. I don't have time. We got to move on. The Lord demands our obedience to him, not only on Sunday, but every day of the week. This is really the difference between making God Savior and Lord of your life. Because there's a difference. Everybody wants God to be Savior. Amen. 
It's easy, right? You just you, you yield yourself to God. Uh, God saved me. That's it's this belief, right? That's not anywhere in the Bible where it says say a prayer and, and you make your way to heaven. Like it doesn't say that. But there's but God wants to be savior of your life, and that's good. But that's not all. You can go into the deeper things of God, and, and He wants you to submit yourself to Him. All right. If the Lord came to you randomly through the week, what would he find you doing? Man, would you be so focused on him? Or would you just be doing the other things that are, are things that we have going on through the week? Would he find you working for the kingdom or just really wrapped up in your own desires and plans? Uh, some good questions to ask yourself are, do the people you see every day know you're a Christian? Do the people you see every day, do they know without a shadow of doubt that this man belongs to the kingdom? And not just a kingdom, he's not just a religious person, but he belongs to Jesus. Do the people you see every day know that you're a Christian? Are you living with a confidence that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you? Man, are you taking risks for Jesus? When you feel like, I love what, what Eric said the other day, uh, he was talking about, if you even have that inkling, you just come forward. Let, don't, don't leave any doubt. When Jesus calls, you feel the Holy Spirit urge you, man, are you just like, yes, Lord, I'm willing to look stupid for the gospel because I'm going to look awesome in heaven. Mm. Are you living with the confidence that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you? 1 Corinthians 6.19, I'm just going to go over some stuff. This isn't the main bulk of passage. 1 Corinthians 6.19 explains to us that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Uh, verse 19, do you not know that, that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? That's amazing, right? That God would put himself not only once but twice. He did it in Mary. Fast forward to Acts 2, he did it again. He went through one so he could go through many later. That's really good. God showed me that this week, and I was like, oh, that is so good. Mm. Um, so, uh, do you not know that your own bodies, or that your bodies are a temple from the Holy Spirit? Who, in, who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. Woo! This ain't about you. This ain't about your plans, your mission. This is about what He wants to do. Um, so, so just real quick, why do we have the Holy Spirit? He's the seal of salvation, 2 Corinthians 1, 22. Number two, he is the comforter, John 14, 26. And, and number three is to fulfill the great commission. Man, I hope today that you have an encounter with the living God and God commissions you. There's this birthing process that he's going to commission you today to go out to all the nations. Man, don't keep this gospel to yourself. Because this is not about you. And when we talk about love, like what, what Eric was pre preaching about earlier, love, love your neighbor. What does it look like to love your neighbor? You do hard things. Yeah, th those things are there. But you also have to share the gospel. That's probably the hardest thing. All right. So turn with me to Matthew twenty-eight sixteen. Um, I would like to say first that, that we need the spirit of God to fulfill the great commission. You can't do this on your own strength. Amen. Amen. Um, he is the one who helps us preach, who gives you boldness. You don't want to go on your own strength. I've done it before. And I, and I failed miserably. <laughs> my cousin asked me to preach a service and 
I was learning a lot about the Holy Spirit and I was just fired up and what, what would happen is I'd start preaching at churches and, and I would have everything planned out and Holy Spirit would just like go a different direction and it was amazing and so I was just learning. Well that week I tried to get something together and I just couldn't get anything together and I thought, ah, Holy Spirit's going to take care of it. So I showed up and and I was kind of like this, like, man, and I got it. I was like, God's going to do something awesome. This is amazing. Holy, you know, like Jesus is, is going to come. It's going to be awesome. And then I went, um, let's pray. Let's, let's <laughs> the most embarrassing moment of my life. I walked off the stage. I didn't preach for a year after that. I'm not kidding. The lessons we learn, but the point is you can't do it on your own strength. Man, we need God to do the work of God. Mm. Don't be like me. (laughs) Uh, Don't go on your own strength. There seems to be a divide in the church. Those who believe and rely on the Holy Spirit of God and those who believe and rely on the Word of God. What's wrong with the Spirit? Nothing. What's wrong with the Word? Nothing. But apart from each other, There's no power. We have to be in connection with the spirit and the word. And then we can start to move. Then we'll start to change our counties and our families and our country. Man, there's nothing that God can't do. I believe that God can use me to change the world. I hope you believe that in yourself. Like this week I was thinking, um, man, Eric's a really good preacher. I don't don't know about this. You know? (laughs) And God said, hey, you're not Eric. I called you to be you. Isn't that good? We've got to bring the word and the spirit together. And just a good quote before we like get into this text, a ship in the harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are for. Come on. You can live and you can be a Christian. You can live in, in, in Comfortville. That is not what God has called you to do, though. Don't be saved and satisfied this morning. Let God stir you up. Man, I just pray that God would unveil your eyes this morning. All right, so uh, to get into the text. Um, so, verse 16. Uh, now, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Verse 17. And, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. It's a pretty natural response. But some doubted. Verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So, verse 19. So, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I will be with you to the end. So we just finished Christmas. So we know that Jesus was born. Let's fast forward. He did amazing miracles to to prove who he was. And then we fast forward to the, to the cross and which I always thought was amazing. Eric's been preaching on the, on the veil and, and, and the temple and how the veil was torn, man. Isn't that amazing? Like we don't have to go through anybody anymore. We can just go straight to the Holy of Holies. Awesome. Um, but so that's happened. He's raised from the dead. And we know what happens next. He gives this commission, right? He could have said anything. 
before he went, went, went ascended into heaven. He could have said anything like, like indigestion, you know, you take this medication or this is how you treat heart failure. If you really want a, a, a great, uh, you want your wife to be happy, this is what you should do, you know. Instead, this is what he said. He left us with this. Man, this is so important. Don't miss this. This is, this is it. So verse 18, and, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Man, Jesus has the keys. If you want to get really deep into this, and I'm not going to, but you can look back, you know, at first when sin entered the world, and then you can look back when Jesus was tempted and, and Satan wanted to, to dangle, you know, those kids keys, like, I don't know, I have a one-year-old and she plays with those fake keys. That's what he was doing. He had no authority. God's still God. Come on. He was like, Jesus, you want these? And he was like, oh, come on, bro. Really? You're just a fallen angel. I know these things. <laughs> like, really? We ha Jesus has been given the keys. And, and it's cool because he has authority and then he gives us authority. You don't walk without authority. We don't have to. You have authority in your life. Not on your own, but through Jesus. Why? The Holy Spirit lives in us. We got to be taking down the strongholds because we can. And not just because we can, but because we love people. We want to see them set free. We want to see people changed. All right. Uh, verse 19, go therefore. I'm going to stop right there because this is so important. So many people think that they can be a Christian and not go. That you can just sit still and be a Christian. Come on, what did he say? Go. Go, pick up your things and go. And, and listen, we don't have to go on a mission through the week to go. It doesn't have to be a pre-planned church thing. This is a life lived for God. Man, I'm telling you, I, so I'm a nurse. I could give you hundreds of testimonies of the goodness of God and how God has met people in a hospital room, touched them. Why? Because there was somebody who was willing. It's not because I'm important. It's, it's because he is important and he lives in me. And he wants out. Mm. Yeah, I'm just going to try to hold, contain my wiggle this time. Yeah. Be like, oh, that guy's he's having a seizure. <laughs> but to go, it takes commitment. For one, you have to have a revelation from God. Your eyes have to be open to understand this word. It's not just for me, it's for you. And then you have to put wheels to this thing and do it at your work with your family at Walmart. I don't have to go on a mission. I'm just going to go to Walmart and whatever happens, happens. I'm just sensitive to the spirit. That's normal Christianity. This isn't pre-planned. This is plan A. Just live life and just let Jesus do what he wants to do in you and let him out. Don't contain him. He wasn't ever meant to be put in a jar. Break the jar today. All right. Uh, let's see. So go, go therefore and make disciples. This make disciples part. Make means they don't make themselves. You can't spend a lot of time sowing into people and get them saved and then leave them to fend for themselves. Come on, the church has gotten way too good. It, it, it's like we have a stamp and it says saved and we stamp their forehead. Good job, good luck. 
and we walk away. Come on, that is not our calling. We are to make disciples. Come on, that, that looks way different than what church's models are. I'm talking about taking somebody by the hand and by the arm and say, come on, man, let's do this together. I'm talking about talking to people through the week. Oh, I'm going to hold off. I want to share that later. We've got to take them under our wings and walk with them and teach them. You know, we, we should be discipling someone and have someone discipling us. You're not the standard. <laughs> you're not the standard. So just because you're discipling somebody else doesn't mean that you, need to, you don't need discipling. Man, I'm nothing. I know nothing. I hear Eric preach, and I'm like, oh, man, I need to work on my Jesus. Like, <laughs> you know, I need to get in the Word more because I don't know anything. We need somebody discipling us, and we need to be discipling other people. Um, how many of you, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you are being discipled right now? Like God is discipling you through other people. Like, and, and how many of you are, are discipling somebody else? I hope so. If there's not, find somebody. Find somebody. There's so many people who want to. But maybe you just don't know how this whole thing works. It starts like this. I need help. I'm not perfect. I need help. Somebody help me understand this word. This is, this is why the church isn't growing, because there's no real discipleship. Nobody walking with each other. Um, someone discipled me and helped me realize through the reading of Scripture that I was free from the things that I was dealing with. Man, this is the reason people don't get free from stuff. Because we're not, we, we do that stamped and send them on. And, and, and it's like you, you, were, you had all this baggage before salvation, and then you walk into salvation with the baggage still. Because nobody told you that you were really free. Oh yeah, you made it to heaven, but let me walk with you and show you. Look, look, you're not that person anymore. I had some things in my life that I was struggling with. And it was like there was a, I always say, it's a, it was like there's this jail cell in the corner and this is before I was uh, saved. And so I get, I'm in the cell and then I, I, I hear the gospel, Jesus saves me. Uh, he unlocks the door, opens the key, and I run out and fall at the feet of Jesus and just worship him. But here comes Satan. And he comes behind me and starts whispering, you're not really saved. You're not really a new creation. You're not really any different. And so I willingly get up and walk with him back to the cell. He closes the door and I, and I sit in there all while I'm a Christian. And I think this is normal Christianity. Until Holy Spirit came to me one day because somebody was discipling me and I, because I raised my hand and said, I'm, I'm struggling and I can't get out of this. Somebody help me. And my mother-in-law, who's an amazing woman of God, I don't know if y'all know the tea, tea room in Maybank. That's my mother-in-law. She's a woman of God. And she shared some truth into my life. And the Holy Spirit illuminated that and made that real to me. And I realized that I had been lied to. I realized that that door was unlocked the whole time because Satan doesn't have the keys. Come on. And so I got up out of there and threw that door open and I've been out ever since. 
But maybe that's you today. And, and, and maybe it's not the things I was dealing with. Maybe it's not some, like your smoke, whatever it may be. Maybe it's you're not sharing the gospel. And you're believing that, oh, that's just for an evangelist. Because when I read this text, I'm like, oh, wait, this is for me. Like, like, like this, this is for me. So if you read it, it's for you. Walk out of that cell today. Mm. Okay, well, okay, we got to move forward. All, all nations, so now we're talking about all nations. We have been commanded by the Lord not just to stay in the church. Don't be a Christian just in the church. Don't hold the gospel just in the church. It wants out. Um, but we've been, commissioned to get, com, we've been commissioned to go into our communities, and not only there, but to the ends of the earth. This thing is supposed to start at home and then naturally go out everywhere you go into the end of the world. To the end of the world. There's a lot of people who believe that going overseas is a missionary's job. But when I read it, I'm like, oh, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm reading that Jesus is calling me. And I'm not saying that, that you just book a flight today to Africa. I wouldn't advise that. <laughs> you start at home. But I'm telling you, that he said all nations. Go therefore to what? All nations. And that's pretty cool too because some of, you know, like we have all nations in the United States too. They came to us. But we're still called to go. Um, uh, just, just another good point. A lot of us as Christians live as though we were at a red light for sharing the gospel. God, do you want me? Like, I see this person. I kind of feel prompted. God, do you want me to go and share? Like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Just give me a sign. Lord, please let sh- light shine on their head or something. You know, let them turn around three times. We got to quit doing that. God has given us the great commission. And it said to Go. Live as though God has given you the green light. And heed to the Spirit if he says no. They work together. Live as though God has given you the green light to share the gospel. Amen? And be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit where where if he says go this way or go that way or move up or down, you can do those things. And that only comes through practice. That means you have to start somewhere. That means you're going to be uncomfortable. You should see some of the rooms that I go in. <laughs> you would not believe. And I'm like, God, I don't know how we're going to have this conversation. <sighs> Normally how I start is um, because a lot of people, I mean, I'm in a, in a haven for it. So... Normally what I say is, uh, man, I know you're going through a hard time, but when I deal with hard times, I usually pray because I'm a Christian, and, and then I get them. Because uh, they'll be like, oh, I'm Baptist. You know, I'm like, oh, we're going to speak to that in a minute. But, but, um, but since you opened the door, I said, oh, let, you know, and so we dive in in prayer. And, and the cool thing about following the Spirit of God is, is you go, 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 go until it shuts off and then you stop. And then you wait and you don't give up because he may open that door again. Go, 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 go. And we speak to that Baptist thing too, I'm just saying. It's not just Baptist. It's, it's not just, it's, it's not Pentecost. Look, 
God said, go make disciples. He didn't say go make Baptists or, or Pentecostals or Catholic. He didn't say that. We are the church. We are the body. We are the people. And we've allowed Satan to cause division through names. Boy, we got to be careful. We are diverse. Love your neighbor. Hmm. So live life as though that, you're, that you have a green light. We doing okay on time? We okay? Okay. I was going to set a timer and then I thought about the COVID swab and I was like, <laughs> you don't have to ask permission to share the gospel. Okay. Live as though you have that green light. Uh, think about this. If, if you're not sure if you should share with somebody, think, to, think this. If Jesus didn't pay a price for them, then I can walk by them. If Jesus didn't pay a price for them, I can just go on about my merry way and push that out of my mind. How many times have you walked by somebody that God prompted you to share with and then you, you carried that the rest of the day? I decided I'm not going to do that anymore because I, it's too heavy of a load on me. And, and so if you share, then you're free after that and you can move on 100% free to the next person. Mm. Okay, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When's the last time you baptized somebody? A lot of people believe that this is just, just something for ministers. But what would church look like if, if they got saved and baptized out there and then came to church? Come on. This is a different Christianity. This is, this is what it says in the book. This is real. Come on. Oh, this is so good. Jesus is amazing. And he will transform your life through the reading of the scripture, through the illumination of the Holy Spirit, if you just let him. I mean, God wants to do such a great work in us. Man, you just have to be willing. Mm. I get fired up. All right. Uh, verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. When, when we are discipling people, we are to teach them. What do we teach them? The word. We teach them the word of God. Be careful because when we're, when we're teaching, we're sowing seeds. What seeds are you sowing? Not your opinions. Only what we have that is truth. God has convicted me several times of some stuff that I've shared. And then he was like, hey, that wasn't me. And I was like, God, I'm sorry, <laughs> please. And then you get better. But what we're supposed to teach the word. Another thing we're supposed to do is activate spiritual gifts. Now, this is something you don't see. Well, you know, you do these spiritual assessments and stuff sometimes when you go to the church, but do you know your spiritual gifts? And is somebody discipling you, recognizing those gifts, walking along with you and going, hey, this is how you do this. Oh, actually, I don't know anything about this. I'm gonna send you over here to this person and let them kind of help you with this because I don't know anything about this. Mm. That's really good. We're, we're, so we teach the word and activate spiritual gifts. We preach we preach truth and not opinions. And it's ultimately, it's so important to realize that, that the Holy Spirit is the teacher. John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Man, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He can only teach if you're listening. And if you're heeding to his voice, as well as having, what, fellowship with him. Everything comes out of communion. 
If, if you're doing things that aren't out of communion, it's worthless. Uh, it, if you meet, some, uh, meet with someone this week after, if, I'm sorry, if you meet with someone week after week and they pour into you, but you're not spending time yourself, then, you're, then those are just teachings that they're putting in you. They're just words. The Holy Spirit has to quicken those words. It's what I call quickening. He makes it alive to you. So we have to have this communion and a fellowship with the Lord. John 16, 7 says that it is better that he, that he would go and that, or that I would go and that he would come. Man, he must have meant that. Like if he said it, it must be better. Like I can't imagine that. I would rather have Jesus in the flesh all day. But if Jesus in the flesh says, hey, 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 no, 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 I need to go so this, this guy, the Holy Spirit can come, he must have meant it. And we must have really needed it. I mean, you need the Holy Spirit to share the gospel, to empower you, to get that boldness. I remember one time um, I, was, I was living at home, and this is kind of when I was in that caged area, and something came out, like there was some stuff going on in my closet that was a little sketchy. And it was like, and I remember being scared. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to tell you what, none, nothing of me, something rose up in me, and, and I later found out it was the Holy Spirit, and I ran to that door and was like, in the name of Jesus, you get out. You have no authority. I, that's what God wants to do in your life. Not just for those situations. Come on, but every situation. Mm. Okay, and behold, I'm with you always to the end. Following Jesus is hard. Uh, he talks about taking up your cross daily. M most of the church doesn't know the hardship of following Christ. Uh, I mean, what's hard about scheduling two days out of the week for the Lord? There are churches all over the world that are being persecuted right now for denying Christ or just being a church. I guess I said that right, for not denying Christ. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, that sounded weird. Every day, but it's worth it. It's worth it to them. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you too. That's what he said, Jesus. And this is why he said, I'll be with you to the end, because it's not easy. And we're, we're, we're living in a world where the pressures are more and more and more, and they, they're coming in waves. But man, is the darker it gets, the brighter I get to shine. I, and that's the thing, too. I don't have to try. I just be. Like, he just lives in me. I don't have to do anything special. Just have to be me. Why? Because Holy Spirit lives in me. And he is going to illuminate the world if you'll let him. Okay, to finish this all up. So, so how do we fulfill the Great Commission? Just some solid points here. Believe that this is your call. It's not just the call of the evangelist. This is your call. Do you believe that this morning? This is your call. No, you were not made, or no, you were made not only for this, but for such a time as this. Come on, that God would bring you to being for this time. You are ordained. Come on, there, there could have been any, okay, how can I say this? Any baby could have been made. Like it could have been any person, right? But, but he chose you. It was like, this one gets there, like, it's, and I've, I've ordained that.
For what for such a time as this? For what to share this word? Mm. Uh, be willing. You've got to be willing. He is searching and he can do more with your willingness than your giftings. You just, just yes. One of the best times I had with the Lord wasn't long ago, and I was outside, and it was, I saw the moon. It was beautiful. I just got on my knees and was like, God, here I am. Like, like I'm nothing. Like, I'm really nothing, but you're really everything, and you really want me. And the next morning, and I got up, and I went to work. It was like 530 in the morning. And I just had an outpouring of God in my heart, like, like I've never had before. God can do more with your willingness than he can do with your gift, or that you can do with your giftings. Uh, know that you're anointed. Has anybody ever read Isaiah 61? J- just real quick, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is what Jesus said in Luke, right after the temptation. And he goes to the synagogue and he's like, it's time to declare, it's time to start the ministry. The spirit of the Lord God is what? Upon me because the Lord has what? He has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise uh, instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness. It continues, but I'm going to stop right there. Man, the spirit of the Lord God has anointed you. How are you anointed? Because the spirit lives in you. You are not just called. You are anointed. For what? For this. Um, let's see here. And not only that, but you're set apart. Uh, let's see here. We've talked about this. Everything we do comes from a place of being with him. You can be born of the spirit, saved, use your gifts of the spirit and still be far from the spirit. Everything comes out of communion with God. Don't dare keep in you what was freely given to you. That's good. Don't dare keep in you what's been freely given to you. Be willing to take risk. Uh, I'm going to share a quick story, and we'll be gone. What time do y'all normally finish? It's 1246. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay, sorry. I get excited. Okay, we'll wrap this up. <clears throat> yeah, the other church I preach at, like, they're like, you just an hour and a half, like, we're good. Okay. Um, okay, I just, I just want to share this with you, just a testimony really quick. Uh, I was in the hospital. There was a guy, I was working in the ICU this day. There was a guy who came uh, through the ER, had a small bowel obstruction, came upstairs where we were uh, after he went from the, to the OR because he, he was septic, had to be on drips. He, he's going to die, right? He, he's going to die. So I'm in the ICU. He comes up as shift change. So I'll go home. I show up to work a week later. I'm working on a med surge this day and uh, there's a call light that comes off and I'm happen to be walking by the door and I'm like, oh, well, I guess I, you know, I guess I should take care of this. And so I go in and it's that guy. He made it. He lived. I couldn't believe it. So I go in, get to share the gospel with him. He gets saved. And, and it was so genuine. It wasn't like the religious thing. He's like, well, I, I was Baptist when I was growing up. I don't know. I'm like, 
uh, oh buddy, let's talk. You know, he gets, it was just so genuine. Okay, he goes home, comes back a week later, gets COVID and dies. Man, you know, a lot of people would say, man, how could God, and I'm like, amen to God. He was, he was destined to die before, but God said, hey, I'm going to give you another chance. I know this guy who works in the hospital that'll be there that day, and I'm going to make it to where he's walking past that door at a certain time, and that light's going to go off, and I know he'll be faithful to share the gospel. God has ordained appointments in your life. Man, are your eyes open, and are you willing? Mm. Uh, Oh, I want to share so much more. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm going to summarize this right quick. First Samuel. And, and we would talk about the story of Jonathan. You know, Saul had gotten himself in a bunch of trouble, and as he did. And they're, they're surrounded. They're, they're, they're outnumbered 10 to 1. All the people are hiding. The, the, the army's even hiding. The, the, they're hiding in rocks and in caves. And, and then one day, the boldness comes over Jonathan. He's like, you know what? Let's do it. He looks at his armor bearer, and he says, let's go. And I'm sure his armor bearer in his mind was like, I don't know about this guy right here. And they went, and they conquered. God is looking and roaming the earth for somebody who is willing when the circumstances seem out of, your, out, out of reach, when, 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 when things are just too far, are you willing, are you available to do what the Lord wants to do today? Today, not tomorrow, when you leave this church. So where are you at in life? Are you, are, are you heeding to the Spirit every day? Are you discipling people, being discipled? Are, are you baptizing? Are you going to all nations? Are you taking risk for the Lord? Ultimately, we are all called this morning to live out the Great Commission in our lives. Um, will God find you under a rock or will he find you running into the battle? Your family, your neighbor, your community, and the world needs what you have. Don't let God call someone else to your community, to your neighborhood, to your family. Man, today is the day that God wants to do something in your life. Well, let's just pray right quick and, and Eric will take over. Father, we just thank you that you're amazing. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit, Father. Empower us, God, to do your work. We need you, God. Our families need you. God, our communities need you. Lord, do what only you can do. But God, today, would you just wake us up? God, we need an awakening in our hearts. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah.